Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whatever it may be for you right now. This is Lose the Taboo on Mental Health with Jared Cash. Buckle up, get ready, we going for a ride. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for taking a little time to tune in to this week's podcast episode. I'm joined by our very first guest ever on the Lose the Taboo on Mental Health podcast. We've got Kyle Morgan and Nolan Litch. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Now, these are two... Uh, two of my best friends that I've had for a long time. Kyle and I, we went to college together, which has been, I don't know, eight years, 10 years, something. Been a long time since we've known each other. Yeah, probably longer than we want to admit. <laughs> and Nolan and I have known each other these past few years, and our friendship has really grown. So really thankful both these guys have been a part of my story with trying to reach and manage mental health better. Both these guys, especially this past year and a half, have been on text and call with a bunch, just getting their insight and their support. And both these guys as well, they're really going to have a lot of good insight for us because they've also had their own journeys, their own battles that they've had to walk through. So for them being my first guest, I'm actually about to be putting in the mail tomorrow two of the newest iPhones for both of you guys. <laughs> I'm just just kidding. I'm planning on sending you guys a, a picture of us three together, Photoshops. So. Well, even better. The extent of what I can do right now. But hey, to get us started, uh, Kyle, will you start us off? What is maybe a hidden talent that you have or something that you're good at or you enjoy doing that maybe a lot of people don't know about? Man, that is a great question. Definitely one I was not prepared for here, but um, <laughs> let's see. I, so I spent the last two years working with Chick-fil-A, and so you know, I'd say maybe one of my, my hidden talents is uh, um, just how fast I can bag Chick-fil-A <laughs> meals at Chick-fil-A. You know, it's definitely not a lot of people can do that, and so I mean, we were able to do about 250 cars in an hour and so you know just wow. being able to just a bag you know chick-fil-a sandwich pretty fast i mean that's i guess that's top tier i have to ask what is the number one item that you've seen purchased is it the chick-fil-a sandwich or nuggets or yeah i, I gotta say it's gotta just be the classic number one meal with the coke you know chick-fil-a sandwich frying coke it really lives up to that <laughs> all right <laughs> nolan what about you man Mine would be how fast I can eat the number one with a Coke. Like, I could knock <laughs> that thing out in, like, two minutes. No, no. I didn't know Noel and I were going to be the dream team right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, what I was thinking about is I don't even know if I could do it anymore because um, I've gained a few pounds since then. But I used to be able to do the belly roll or, like, the belly dance, like, really good. Um, I don't know. It's just a random weird talent. And then... Um, uh, yeah, that's that's the best I got. I'm afraid to say that there's going to be a bunch of people sending me requests for video of that. So just know that of you eating Chick-fil-A while doing the belly roll. I don't even think I'll have to podcast. do the belly roll. It might just come natural when I'm eating the Chick-fil-A. Well, guys, I wanted to, just so everyone that's listening, uh, it's been super incredible. Like I had mentioned to both of you guys, I was really eager to get you on because even just with me sharing my story, I've been able to hear 
uh, and get messages from people that have connected, even if it's just one little bit of my story. And there's something that's really just a sense of comfort knowing that you are not the only person, only human being on this planet that's walking through something like you're walking through. Knowing that someone at least knows a little bit of what you're going through really is kind of a a little bit of a glimmer of hope that maybe you didn't have before. So what is it, just so people kind of have an idea as we have this conversation together just about mental illness, what is the the area, the aspect of mental illness that you guys have dealt with uh, in your life? Well, for me, the biggest one um, has been anxiety. Um, I've been... I've kind of been fearful of a lot of different things in my life, you know? Um, And so that's where I've seen my biggest struggle, you know? I wouldn't say so much with depression um, or, you know, even thoughts of hurting myself, anything like that, but just really severe anxiety, like almost crippling anxiety. Um, Thankfully, it's been a while since I've, really felt that. Um, but that's definitely been my biggest struggle for sure. Thanks for sharing that, man. What about you, Kyle? Yeah. So uh, similarly, mine was definitely, uh, I almost had a transition. So, so growing up, it was definitely more anxiety. And that was something that, you know, similar to Nolan, something that felt crippling, you know, had difficulty going to school and different things with that as I was growing up. Um, but once I got, you know, once I think about 16 or 17, for me, it transitioned more towards um, depression as opposed to anxiety. So that's kind of been an interesting, you know, lucky me, I get to experience both ends of that spectrum there. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's been the majority of it for me. Now, to kind of get an idea, you mentioned it, Kyle, you said that when you were in school. So when when did you really notice hey, my anxiety might be a different level than some of the people around me. How, do you remember how old you were whenever that kind of clicked with you? Yeah, I'd say the first time I really, you know, it's kind of like, well, this is, something's off here. You know, I would say that was around the middle school age, um, got to the point where, you know, I ended up um, leaving school there and being homeschooled for years to try to get things figured out. And, you know, at that point, you know, transitioning kind of, you know, identifying it as that and looking into, um, you know, different options of, you know, what that looks like. And then, you know, a whole process of, you know, your, my parents obviously involved at that point too. I'm not you know, necessarily developed to the point where I can tackle it myself. Um, but yeah, it was mostly middle school age. Um, when that first started began. What about you, Nolan? Uh, that's a really good question. And I'm glad I didn't answer first because I wouldn't have had an answer that quick. <laughs> Were you li- were you listening to Kyle though? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to frantically think of an answer myself, to be honest with you. And like the best answer that I can come up with is that I don't think growing up, I, I kind of just thought it was normal, kind of like part of me, like these feelings that I had. Like maybe, you know, not everybody is afraid or experiences the same um, fears of things or whatever. Like for instance, I used to go fly to see my mom in Florida cause my parents were divorced and, uh, I'd go to fly with my sister to see her, um, every other holiday every year. And that was, 
something I just dreaded. I hate flying. And I, I mean, I just absolutely dreaded it every time. And so while that really affected me a lot, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I knew there was other people who were afraid of flying. So I thought it was just, you know, I just kind of got, you know, luck of the draw on that or kind of a thing. You know, I didn't think necessarily that I was like, you know, I didn't really put a, a finger on it. Oh, I struggle with anxiety. Like that didn't happen until later on in life for me. Yeah, no, that's, that may not be as uncommon as you think. Um, I think there's a level of maturity lots of times. Like for me, I didn't even realize how different, even from just, I knew that like even me and my brother were different, but I, someone that I lived with growing up, I didn't realize the difference really there with him not dealing with anxiety and depression and me dealing with those two and so I think it kind of just takes time to really see the difference, unless it is an extreme thing, um, like getting pulled out of school. Then you know you you realize you know a lot of these students are still going to school, so so there's probably a difference there. <laughs> Would you say that Kyle, whenever you whenever you did really start, let's say high school age, right before you're going off to college, was the thought of leaving leaving your home when you're going through anxiety, maybe that transition to depression is coming. Was the thought of leaving home a comforting thing or was that a super scary, fearful aspect for you? Cause we know you went to a, well, not everyone knows, but I know you went to a different state <laughs> for school, for college. So right. yeah, it was definitely something that, that hung over my head kind of, you know, leaving that, that comfort. Um, for me specifically, I, you know, I've had time to reflect on it over the years and kind of figure it out. And for me, it was, you know, what really triggered my anxiety was the thought of being trapped somewhere and not being able to have a way to get out. And for, for, for me, for whatever reason, and when I, when I hit 16 and I was able to get my, my driver's license and have a little more freedom there, um, that definitely, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, anxiety is kind of hard to, to pin down for that reason. But, um, for me, it really opened up, kind of a little bit of freedom for that for the, the first time. And so um, kind of transitioning into those years after high school and looking to um, go off to college, it was, to me, it was essentially a challenge of, you know, looking back three, four years this is definitely something I felt like I could never even consider, but was able to go off and, and do that. And so I think for me, it was actually kind of exciting to, to take that leap of faith and um, kind of take the next step in, in moving past that. Now, walk a little bit more. Explain when you say you were scared of being trapped somewhere. Is that a physical trapped or a sense of like trapped in this stage of life? Like what is that? Do you mean physically? Yeah. So it's kind of like that, you know, the the fight or flight type thing where, um, you know, if I need to, to flight, like if I can't get out of here, like that's when it really kind of took it to the next level for me. Okay. I see. Is it still that same mentality now? Do you feel like, I know you said you don't maybe deal with it to the same extent. Would you say that even throughout the past five or six years is that I feel trapped feeling still there? Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, kind of similar to, to like what Nolan said, even, even with, you know, being on an airplane and kind of being trapped physically on that, that tube. And like, if something was to go wrong, you know, obviously your mind's going to start running with different things. If, you know, if anxiety is something that, was prevalent with you and um you know just being in that situation of you know if something did happen it's like i'm i'm stuck here i i, I it's you know even on a deeper level it's kind of more just not having control um when you look at mm-hmm. it like that it's like I, I don't have control over this situation and because of that i'm, I'm feeling these things 
That's really interesting. I'm going to get to you in just a second, Nolan. I want to hear a little bit more of yours. But that control, since you brought that up, Kyle, that's even recently I've started to understand that more. And mm-hmm. something that I've I found that I have to do is like on a daily basis, I have to, and I found that if I can do it earlier in the day, but I have to have things that I can just control, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's that sense of, I don't know if it's security or just sense of like feeling accomplished. Like I was telling Jessica, like I like having a fire in the backyard because the fire is something that I can control, you know, and it's that sense, I don't know, it's really comforting just having something that I know that I have complete control over. So that's interesting to hear you say that. That's It's kind of neat for me to even hear other people say it. For you, Nolan, what about for you? Whenever you look at it, was it the big things in life that were really crippling or was it the small moments in life that were really crippling? Well, I think y'all hit the nail on the head. Like the feeling of not not feeling like you're in control. Like that was always my biggest thing too. Like um, even now... I really like to be the one who's driving, you know, a vehicle. Like, um, I'm typically the one who drives. Uh, my wife actually tells me she doesn't like driving with me because I was like, hey, watch out for this, or hey, be careful here, or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so I give her anxiety now. It's kind of rubbed off in her a little bit. But um, to answer your question, um, could you ask the question again? I'm sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, you're good. Is is the sense of control, is that more of, I guess, a better way to ask it? Is it a daily thing or is it just certain things set you off? I would think it's certain things that set me off because at work, I'm 100% fine. And I can control very little at work. Um, there's so many different aspects going on around me. Um that I can't control, but for whatever reason, because my mind is going, because I know I have a job to do, um, I've got a, uh, a purpose, a goal in mind, like, okay, let's knock this out. Um, you know, I, I have so many other things to worry about, anxiety so far down on the list. It doesn't make it up on the list enough for me to really feel it, if that makes sense. So now I will say maybe, I know I said that, Driving, I prefer to drive, but every now and then I'll, I'll even get a little anxious driving. It, it happens. Um, and there'll be times um, on my way to work where I'll feel that. Um, but I would say, uh, going back to the first question you asked, it probably more the big things in life. Like I said, kind of like flying was always a huge... I mean... I'll just be real with you. Like my uh, aunt passed away years ago, and um, I was pretty close with her. She they lived in Georgia, and they were having a funeral for her. And my fear of flying it was so strong that I chose not to go to the funeral. Like my dad, my stepmom, my sister, they all went. And back then, when I was a kid, like I thought. Okay, well, that's what I'm going to say. My, my aunt wanted me to see her. Uh, the last, she wanted me to remember her the last time I saw her, not in a casket. And she did say that. But I kind of used that as an excuse for me not to go, like, if that makes sense. So the reason I didn't go is because I didn't, I didn't want to deal with the anxiety of going on an airplane and flying. Not because of what she said, but I used that 
So um, there are moments in my life where it has definitely affected me. Uh, and like I said, more so of the, the big, bigger moments. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. And it's hard to it's hard to look back on that. And I'm sure you even at times are angry that you deal with anxiety, especially when you think back and you're like, man, I I miss this important life event to go and mourn and celebrate this life of a loved one with my family. I'm sure there's times where you're pointing the finger at this mental illness saying, why do I have to deal with this? Like you are affecting my life so much. Would you say that that's the case? You know, if I'm being honest with you, like I didn't ever put two and two together like that. Even just right now talking about it is kind of like putting on a, like a light bulb for me. You know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of true. Um, but I do my best to like, I know the things, at least I've learned the things that are going to cause me anxiety. And I know that if I dwell on them long enough, it's going to happen. And so I do my best to kind of steer clear of those things. Um, or if I know it's kind of coming, like, okay, have some tools to kind of think of something else to kind of steer my mind away from that before it gets out of control. I'm not saying I'm 100% accurate on that all the time. So you're saying at this point you feel like you've gotten to a place where you're managing it a whole lot better than maybe you would have in the past. Yeah, and... um I think for me, the big, you said managing it a whole lot better than you did in the past. Like for me to get to that point, I feel like it took me going through the worst possible anxiety, anxious feelings that I've ever had in my life. Like uh, basically eight months to a year of crippling anxiety where, you know, I was just felt like a completely different person. And being able to come out of that and get through that um, gave me a feeling of, uh, I don't want to say power, but, but more of hope. Like, I feel like I've kind of been, <laughs> I've been through really bad anxiety uh, and multiple times. But that one eight months to a year, I mean, it was like, you know, that's a long time to go through. And it flipped it flipped your world upside down, right? Like it changed so many aspects. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind being open with you, but I mean, I don't think uh, me and my wife, I don't think we made love for like I th- maybe two or three times in like six or seven months. Like it it affected me so much in, in so many areas. It affected me at work. Uh, it affected yeah. me at home. It affected me, yeah, like crazy. Um, and saying that being able to get through it though, and being able to get through it and come out of it. And I'm not saying I don't deal with it still because I definitely do, but I, now I have that sense of hope. Like I've gotten through this before, you know, I've gotten through it, you know, what I'm feeling now, maybe what I feel, uh, uh, you know, tomorrow or whatever. Like I know that moment, like, okay, I've been through this before. I remember back then, uh, people like yourself uh, that deal with things like that. It gives me hope. You know, you guys were able to come through it. It's, it doesn't have to be something that affects you forever. I mean, I could go on and on, um, but 
just to kind of shorten it up, I'll just kind of leave it at that. You know, that's really, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And thanks for opening up uh, and really being authentic and real there. It's almost like that served as a milestone for you, or maybe not the right word milestone, but a flag, uh, something that you're able to look back at a specific time in your life. And you're like, this was what I picture to be the absolute worst that it could be for me here on earth. And I am not in that place now. And because of that, like you said, there's this hope. If I was able to get through a time that I felt like my face was never going to come up from this terrible anxiety, like I'm going to make it through this trial. I'm going to make it through the next one. And having those moments that you can look back on is honestly one of the greatest tools that God uses to remind us of his faithfulness. So that's super powerful, Nolan. That really is. Can I just say one more thing, just just so people listening can understand? I feel like I may, maybe not have done a good enough job of explaining the anxiety that I that I have gone through. But there was a point in there when I when I, I remember telling my wife, like, I think I'm going to have to go to a mental hospital. Like, I've got no, I have nowhere else to turn. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I thought I was going to lose my job. Um, I knew my wife wasn't going to leave me, but I felt like I was picturing myself in a mental hospital. Um, in a room looking out a window like crazy. You know what I mean? Um, I, I just, I didn't have an answer. There was a time it was that low. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just wanted to say that to give people out there a little more understanding of exactly um, the type of crippling anxiety that I was dealing with. And just one more thing. Um, I know I've talked about the fear of flying that I've had. And, you know, there's people that I know that have, you know, never flown in their life and it's not out of choice it's just that it just hasn't happened but my fear of flying it's you know I've had many opportunities to fly and I I guess that's part maybe that's how it works kind of you know like the things you're afraid of the most sometimes are the ones that kind of come up you know for you more than uh more than you wish they would and um I actually won um a contest for my work and this was just a couple years ago and had the opportunity to go to Spain uh, across, obviously, it's a long flight, and I was, but I had to go by myself, and uh, I did that. You know, I did it. Um, I flew across the freaking world by myself on an airplane, nervous, anxious the whole time. I probably peed on that flight like twenty times. I'm not even joking. Like it was, it was nuts. Um, but I did it in the toilet. Or are you just saying right there? In the, in the toilet, in the toilet. But, but, but seriously, like, you know, freezing cold, shivering, just don't even want to move. Like the crippling anxiety for, you know, what, 10 hours or however long that flight was. But I did it. I did it and I came back. Um, so those moments like that, that I was able to overcome the anxiety, even if it's just for a brief time, um, that always that gives me hope, and that shows me that knowing like the strength is in you, and obviously um, through God uh, to be able to get through these emotions. That's a huge victory. That's a huge victory to be able to fly like that, and to know that you have the strength to do it, and that God got you through it. God, when you look at your life, and you can share as much as you want to, but at the depth of your 
anxiety or depression just so people kind of have a picture like no one was able to paint to what extreme did it break you down in some of the most raw moments yeah so i've had different phases kind of like i shared earlier so for me it kind of started out with with anxiety and and later on in my life it transitioned more into um dealing with depression um but i really feel like you know the biggest thing for me and you know a lot of people that have experienced this is that you know, initially it's just, it's, it's terrible to deal with because it just, it doesn't make sense first off. And like, it feels like, you know, like Nolan said, you know, he was at the point where it's like, I'm gonna have to go to a, a mental hospital. Like this is not working. You know, I've, I've had those thoughts as well when I was growing up and I was like, man, these people, other people my age, they don't seem to deal with this at all, but it's something that's very real and very present in, in my life. And so, you know, looking back on that, it's, um, I think it, why it's so overwhelming is because, you know, initially it's just like, it, it makes no sense, but it feels so real. And I think for me, really the, the big turning point was that, you know, once I was able to realize that, um, like, yeah, this doesn't make sense, but it is making me have real, you know, side effects and, and feelings to that. And once I was able to kind of grasp that, okay, I've identified it, like, these are what what triggers it for me. Um, this is why I'm, I'm feeling this. And, you know, it, it doesn't make sense on paper that these thoughts, which are a lot of times are not realistic, but feel so real, but they're making me feel that way. And once I was able to identify that, okay, so this is going to happen when I'm feeling this way, or this is going to happen when I'm, I'm thinking like this. So once you can identify, um, you know, what's triggering that for you, that's when it, it starts to, you can kind of feel like you can reel it in for the first time. It's like, you know, I, I'm, these different things are triggering that for me. But um, now that I know that that's going to happen, I can start, um, you know, kind of putting on that armor and getting ready to combat it um, once you are, are feeling those. Um, I feel like I kind of strayed away from your, your point there and got on a tangent. Um, if you can kind of reel me back in here, Jared. <laughs> no, keep going. That was actually leading into my next question, and that was in those moments, you know, what have you learned how to manage it? So keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like for me, once I was able to, you know, growing up, once I realized that, you know, the, the feeling of, of being trapped or not being able to control a situation was what was going to trigger for me, um, once I was able to get in the mindset of, um, okay, that's going to make me feel that way, um, I just need to be prepared for that. Um, it's okay that I'm going to feel that way. Um, I expect to feel that way. Um, and once I was able to do that, that opened up a lot of, um, possibilities for me in terms of, of passing by it. Um, you know, like I said, once I, you know, it was a huge milestone for me was being able to have a little more, more freedom. Um, even though it wasn't, I didn't have more freedom. It was just that I had the thought of having more freedom essentially, you know, it was what really opened it it up for me. And so, you know, luckily, um, and and I'm thankful for this too, is that, you know, like I said, anxiety was something that was just, I felt like I was never going to overcome it when I was, was growing up. But, you know, even like what Nolan said, being able to look back and say like, Hey, I, I did, I was able to make progress in this. I'm able to move past it and, and live my life in a way that, um, it feels like I have a little bit of control again. And it's even, you know, like humbling to, to think that, you know, it's, it's okay to not have control. And that was the longest process was getting to the point where it was okay with not having control. And that's not to say like, I'm completely 
over that. And there's going to be still times when I, you know, I feel that and that's going to um, be overwhelming, but I'm definitely more okay with not having control now than when I was in the past. That's really interesting that you say that, uh, because that going back to that word control, you know, we've, in the beginning, I talked about how, like, I want to have control, but you saying that is also a really good truth of, we have to get to the place where we know that we aren't going to always have control and that that's okay, you know, and because we never can know what's going to be thrown our way. God doesn't even want us to be in a place where we feel like in our own strength and power, we're in control. And so it's more and more trusting God and knowing that we're not always going to have control, but learning to lean into Christ more in those moments and to be okay with it. So that's really interesting. Would you say that that's a thought process that took a long time for you to get to? Or was that something that when it clicked, it clicked? Absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, kind of the timeline I gave you was, you know, first time I was really feeling overwhelmed by this was in middle school. And then, you know, it took me a good, you know, all the way through, you know, my sophomore, junior year of high school to actually feel like I was making some progress on this thing. And just, you know, the thought of that was just so overwhelming it feels like you know especially at that age too of you know I feel like I'm missing out on all these different things or you know I feel like my friends aren't having to you know deal with this or like you know it just kind of made me feel like an outcast or like something's wrong with me or or different things and you know once I got to the point where you know I was able to kind of grasp that and you know that's what I think is great about the whole idea of this thing too is that you know this there's way more people that are are dealing with this on a day-to-day basis than your mind likes to try to lead you to believe. Kyle, for you, when you do think back on your depression aspect of it, I know that that's something you and I have related with and talked about uh, from time to time. What's been the hardest thing about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, with the, the transition of that with, you know, depression kind of um, taking a more prominent role in my <laughs> my different um, you know progressions over the year. Um, it's you know it's really just kind of been a whole different you know cycle of this of where now I'm having to try to figure out well what's what's causing me to feel depressed in these moments because um, it's kind of the same principle you know in that it doesn't make sense because like on paper it's like I have family that loves me I've got you know good things going for me you know, there's really nothing to actually be depressed about on like I've, I've got it just fine like there's really no reason to be feeling that way and so it's kind of you know I feel like I'm able to build off of these um you know just things that I figured that that worked for me and helped me with the progression of that when I was growing up and and now it's um fighting a different um battle but you can still use the same um methods to to, pr- to progress in that. And so for me, it's, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been identifying, you know, what, what's making me actually feel depressed or what's actually making me feel down like this. And so, um, I wish I could say I have it completely figured out, but, th- but that's not the case by any means. I would say I'm in a better um, spot now than when I was maybe, you know, three or four years ago. Um, but it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. And, you know, even Jared with some of your other episodes, um, you talked about how I'm um, just, you know, figuring it out. And, you know, it's a whole process that goes into that. And, um, you know, every person's different. And so it comes down to figuring it out for yourself and, um, what does trigger that. And, you know, for me, um, you know, spiritual has been huge in helping me 
overcome these different things. Um, there's also been times where I've, I've beat up myself and thinking of, you know, it's, you know, it's not, I don't have enough faith and that's why I'm not able to overcome these or I'm allowing these things to, um, bog me down. It's because I'm, you know, I don't really believe that, um, you know, I can overcome this and different things and, you know, I can open up a whole different, um, rabbit hole of just, you know, where medication comes into and all different things. And, you know, there's all sorts of different lies we can believe with that. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's an ongoing process and I feel like the biggest part is just coming to grasp and being okay with that. It is a process and, and it's okay that I'm dealing with this and it's, it doesn't make me any different. And there's, like I said, there's way more people that, um, it's very prevalent to them than we'd like to think. I think until you get to the place where you do realize that this is a battle I'm fighting and I, I don't know how long I'm going to be fighting it for. And it's, real and it's not just because I don't have faith in God, but he's given me wisdom to be able and resources to figure it out. Once you get to that place, I feel like you finally are able to start getting some traction. For so many people for so long, me included, you push it off, you push it off, you think this is not what it seems, or I'm crazy, or no one could even help me because no one knows what I'm going through. Or I, like you mentioned, I, it has to do something with my view of God. Those are all things that end up becoming barriers, sometimes lifelong barriers for people, but barriers to some extent that finally, and once you're finally able to get over those barriers, even just look around them, you start to see, I can, I can actually manage this. There are people who want to help me. There's actually tons of people who want to help me. There are resources out there. And that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Other than identifying some of the causes and identifying some of the the scenarios that were putting you in those positions to be anxious or depressed, what other resources have you found to be really helpful? Either one of you guys can jump into it. So this is going to sound funny, but there's something that I want to ask you guys a question like um, the show Breaking Bad right I'm sure everybody's heard of it it's one of the greatest shows of all time I've never seen it but yeah I know what you're talking about you've never seen Breaking Bad Mm-mm. dude okay we're gonna have to have a separate podcast about Breaking Bad <laughs> I watched The Office over and over and over so well that okay well you okay that's okay too because The Office is one of my favorite shows too but so in Breaking Bad Basically, something happens to the main character, Walter Walter White, when he gets cancer. He just all the all the things that he was worried about, and he care, you know, basically he struggled with, you know, the things that a lot of us struggle with, um, trying to live the American dream, you know, a quote unquote American dream. Um, once he got cancer and was like, okay, he doesn't have that much time to live. Like all his worries went basically by the wayside, and he just. He lived. He was free. He felt free, and obviously, he made some decisions that all three of us probably wouldn't make. But you know, that's what makes the show good, I guess. Um, so, what I wanted to ask you guys is: Have you ever thought? Have you ever thought about that? Like, if you were, if you knew you were going to die in six months, would that? Um, do you think that would eliminate your depression or your anxiety? Would you be like, well, I'm going to die anyways. I don't even care. This doesn't bother me at all. Would that eliminate it or, or make it disappear? I know I'm kind of turning the question back onto you, but that's something I just wanted to ask you guys. 
That's a really good question. I've never thought about it in that way. I think yes for some aspects, but I think for me, I would become anxious about other things I maybe don't worry about quite as much. Like, I'm going to die in six months. How is my family going to survive without me? Am I leaving them in a spot where they won't have the finances? Or I think that I would start to become anxious about what's going to happen when I leave. But I think that I would be able to let go of some other things that I worry about that aren't reality. Like like Kyle mentioned, a lot of the things that I do feel down about or anxious about are very unrealistic. Like one in a million chances anything like that's going to happen. So I think part of those probably would be set free. But then I think I'd also worry about some things that maybe I'm not as worried about right now. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, and that's honestly, it's a a question I would I would ask myself a lot when I was just trying to figure this this whole thing out. Is like, what's you know, what am I actually worried about, or what's actually getting me you know to this point that I'm I'm feel like you know it feels so real, and you know that's the hardest thing about anxiety is that it, in the moment it's it is your reality, and you know it's kind of what I've you know really been hammer on is like once you identify what's you know what's actually really getting you to that point and then you know when you're not at the peak of it you can kind of take a step back and think okay well these are the things that I was was feeling in the moment okay this one not realistic this one definitely not realistic this one doesn't even have a chance you know there's I mean they might have you know a, a small chance down there but um just having to constantly remind myself and you know it really just comes down to just being prepared of, you know, when you are in that, that clear mindset and, you know, you are thinking realistically of like, you know, these things are actually not going to happen to me. And so I need to be prepared that um, when it is triggering and it is feeling that way, I'm, I'm prepared to remind myself that, hey, you're just you're just feeling an anxiety attack right now and that's okay. Um, just sit in it for a moment and then, you know, just trying to, um, you know, for me, that's, you know, something that took a long time to get to the point of, you know, being able to, pull myself out of that and take a step back of, you know, just being like, okay, this, yeah, it feels very real. Um, but now I know like this is an anxiety attack. This is something that's feeling super real in the moment. Um, and you know, once I was able to get past that, you know, it, it was a whole different, you know, it was a game changer for me. Um, yeah, that somewhat answers that question. Um, you know, it, it is, it's a big part of just when you get to the point of, it's just like, well, if this did happen, I'd be okay, you know. That's so much easier said than done, but that's really when you find the, um, for me at least, where I found the biggest progression. And that's a really good kind of ties together what Nolan's saying. That's a really good resource that you find out in counseling. Like that was something you do the walk the trail of. Okay, the thing that you're worried about, if this really did happen, then then what's most like you know what's What's the different possibilities? And you keep going down, you keep going down, you realize the realistic possibility is this, this, and this. And those things really aren't all that bad. Like they aren't things that are going to wreck your life. Like you feel like your mind in the moment, especially when you're having a panic attack or just high anxiety is your mind says your whole world's falling apart, your whole world's falling apart. But when you track it down, logically, you're able to see, wow, the three things that might actually happen from this aren't all that bad. I'll be fine. Right. And so that's a great resource. 
that can help anyone, but especially people dealing with anxiety. I did want us to to talk about something else, unless either of you guys had anything else to mention about that specifically. I just wanted to say sorry. I think I uh, totally did not answer the question you asked me, and I just totally asked you guys separate question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. That was a great question. Wanted to ask y'all's thoughts. What do you believe the stigma has been in general for mental illness, for depression, for anxiety, the two things that, that are in this circle, but just mental illness in general? What has been the stigma overall? Well, I'll give you two. Um, one, that it's hard to explain in words what you're feeling sometimes. Um, and I think that's a big reason why um, going to counseling helps is they kind of help you to be able to explain what's going on. You don't even, sometimes you don't even know what's going on yourself. So if you don't know what's going on yourself, how can you explain it um, in words? So that's one. Um, and two, I think it's something that most times can't be seen. And so, I mean, can you imagine calling into work today, you know, tomorrow? Hey, I can't come into work today. I'm feeling really depressed. Like, that's not going to fly. But if you call into work saying, hey, um, I feel sick. I've got a little bit of a temperature. Yeah, you can stay home. It's not going to be an issue. So... Um, I also think that uh, our generation and these younger generations coming up have had to deal. I, I don't know. I can't necessarily say we've had to deal with it more. I, you know, I, I don't know that for a fact. But it kind of seems like, if anything else, we've become a little more comfortable being able to talk about it. Um, but my uh, personal thought is that another big reason why anxiety is uh, so prevalent or a big reason why anxiety is so prevalent nowadays or, or depression or whatever, you know, mental, mental health in general is uh, because of the amount of information that we have at our fingertips at any given second, any given moment. Um, I think, uh, that's doing a that's doing a detriment to our to our mental health personally. Um, we have access to any any type of information anytime anywhere we want to see it, and I think our <laughs> our brains have kind of become overloaded with it. You know, it's it's too much. Like we we were not built uh, to be able to handle as much information as as we're able to get now, and so I think the the key is being able to kind of weed out the stuff that you know you don't need or that's not going to be good for you and uh, be able to focus your attention on the good or the things that you know are good for you, you know, whatever that may be, limiting yourself on your phone, whether it's, you know, three hours a day. And I know that even still sounds a lot, but that would be good for me. I'm way over three hours a day. Um, Things like that, you know, being more... Um, proactive and, uh, you know, whether it's spending time outside, just spending time outside with no phones, nothing. Um, and I, I, I don't know, it just seems like living a simpler life like that, there seems like there's a lot less things to worry about. What about you, Kyle? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, 
Yeah, I think there's a multitude of reasons why, um, you know, there is kind of that, that taboo on it. And um, I know for me growing up, it was just kind of the, the embarrassment of it. Um, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier was, you know, I feel like other people my age or, or some of my friends, like they're, they're not dealing with that or even what, what Nolan said, like it's easier to just call out saying that I'm, I'm sick today as opposed to saying, you know, I'm actually, I feel like I physically can't get out of bed today cause I'm so depressed. Um, you know, there, there, even to an extent, you know, there still is that, that stigmatism, um, on that, but you know, I am, you know, I do feel like it is something that is being talked about more and it's something that, um, you know, and even like contributing to that, I think it's been such a slow progression for that exact reason of just so many people felt like this is, you know, something that doesn't make sense. And it's, it's something that's kind of embarrassing. It can come off as a weakness or I'm, I'm not mentally tough or, you know, different things with that. And that's why it's so hard to, to talk about it. And so, you know, I think it's great that there is progression in that and that, you know, it's getting more, um, you know, common to, to talk about and more real. A lot of people are willing to admit that, you know, that's, oh, that's weird. You know, I, I thought I was the only one that was, was dealing with that. And I'm sure with a lot of, you know, younger people, you know, cause that's a, you know, you're, you're trying to learn how to just be a kid at that point And then, you know, throw this on, on top of it, you know, throws a whole nother curveball into the, the whole mix. And um, it's just a process of trying to, to figure all that, out and, and make sense of it in your your life and it's very overwhelming I think that's why it's it's hard to talk about and you know what we've really kind of keep getting to the point of is you know something that feels so real to you but um you won't want to tell anyone about it it's kind of like you know being afraid of the the boogeyman being under your bed like obviously that doesn't like you wouldn't want to tell somebody it's like hey I actually have a crippling fear of the boogeyman being under my bed right now um, but to you, it feels real, but you wouldn't want to say it out loud. And kind of similar, to, similarly to that, you know, I feel like anxiety really carries a, a similar weight in that, hey, this is something that feels really real to me. I know it's, you know, like on paper, it doesn't make sense. It's not realistic, but, you know, it it has realistic and very real feelings associated with it. And I do agree. I think it has taken steps forward, but it has been such a slow process because, Everyone, it's kind of like that whenever you want to cross, like there's a bunch of people waiting at a crosswalk and the lights still hasn't turned on and everyone wants to go because they don't see any cars coming. But it's kind of like everyone's looking around like, I don't want to be the only one. I don't want to be the first one. And so everyone just kind of looks around. But then all of a sudden, whenever two or three people go, what normally happens Everyone starts going, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, we've all wanted to do that. And it's, that's what I'm hoping is going to happen more. And we're seeing that more, even like, it was so incredible. I don't know if you guys saw, but Dak Prescott, who is injured right now, but Dallas Cowboys quarterback, this guy who is looked at as this manly man plays quarterback for this tough sport. And he came out talking about depression that he deals with and so powerful Here's this guy that is this role model for so many, especially boys growing up, and he's here talking about it. And the more that we share our experiences, the easier it is. Now it's, hey, we're all going across this crosswalk at the same time. But we still have a long way to go. And so that was my next question of, 
yeah, we've taken steps forward, but how do you think that this taboo, this stigma that's negative about it, how do you think that it's negatively affected people from getting the help that they need? Yeah, I might need to think about that for a second. That's a, that's a tough question. Well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that it's not manly or, or, you know, like it's something like it's a weakness. You said it's a weakness, but I took that as it's not manly. You're like, oh, you can't handle little, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's something for sure. Like uh, admitting, you know, for me, I'm just, I'll be honest. Like my biggest fear is when my kids get older, you know, I have two kids. My son is five. My daughter's three. Now my wife's very well aware, but when my kids get older, are they going to know? Are they going to see their dad, you know, struggle with anxiety sometimes? And if so, are they going to feel like, hey, you know, can my dad protect me? You know, that's something that gives me anxiety. That that definitely bothers me. Um, but I think that's also the wrong approach and the wrong thought. You know, I sh- that's a thought that can really get to you. So you kind of have to think more like, you know, that may be how the a lot of people in the world see it. Like it's a weakness. It's something that is going to hold you back. You're a less lesser person for having to deal with this. Or like what you said, um, your faith isn't strong enough. Or you need to get into the Bible more. Or uh, you made some bad dis- decisions in your life and now they're affecting you like this. Um, you know, I think there's there's so much to it, so much more than... Uh, anybody can really understand except for maybe what we're going through ourselves. Uh, but I think that stigma uh, out there now is it, it's going to take it's going to take things like this. It's going to take people being willing and open to talk about it. People like uh, what you said, Dak Prescott, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, basketball players who came out and spoke about it. I don't know if you guys are aware of Kevin Love's story when his first time he kind of came out. He was talking, it was a playoff game, I think, and they were like, it was in a really close game and he had to like leave the court because he was battling severe anxiety. And he got hammered for that. Like, his, I think even his teammates were like, this guy's like, he's not a real, he's not a part of our team. Like, who is this guy leaving the bench wow. during the game like this? Yes, it's crazy. It may not have been a playoff game. I don't remember for sure, but it was like an intense game. It was a game when they, when he was needed and he had to leave. And so things like that, you know, I it sounds bad, but some sacrificial lambs are to, you know, have to kind of happen. Things have to happen. People have to go through things and go through the worst of it for people to really be able to see and oh wow. Oh, that's what he was going through. And you can say that about a lot of things. You can say that about racism. Same thing, you know. Um, we're still dealing, dealing with it today, but when you, when you actually take the time to hear stories and what people are going through, you're like, wow, that, that is real. Even though it's not affecting me, it's real. And it gives you a respect for it and an understanding for it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my two cents on it. And I think yeah, what yeah. you said is really powerful. Sorry, Kyle. It no, just is... Just to highlight one of the parts is the more voices that speak up, the quicker we're going to get to a healthier place as society. And we're seeing that with a whole bunch of things, but mental illness is one of the big ones. So I think that was really well said, Nolan. Sorry, Kyle, to interrupt you. What were you saying? 
No, not at all. I, mean, I think that's the, the biggest part of it is, you know, from an outside perspective, if, if you've never felt an anxiety attack before, if that's never been something you've um, dealt with, like it's, it's just not going to make sense. And, and um, you know, for me, like, you know, you know, I've, I've been a manager in different positions. And if, you know, if someone were to call in and say, Hey, you know, I, I had anxiety attack today or like, I'm, I'm feeling super depressed and I, I just can't be there. Like, I, I feel like I'm able to be more empathetic to that. Um, as opposed to someone that's maybe never, um, dealt with that in their entire life. And, you know, even like with Nolan said, that's, uh, that goes into a whole, um, variety of different categories. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, racism is a, a great example there of, you know, for me, um, you know, it's not something I've probably dealt with or actually felt on a, on a personal level. And therefore I, I honestly just can't relate to it on the same level as someone who has directly dealt with that or, or felt with like, felt that in their, their personal life. And so I think moving forward, the biggest part is just realizing that, Hey, this, this does exist. This is real. Um, it's very real for, for a lot of people. Um, I may not understand it, but there are enough people that do feel it on a day-to-day basis and I'm willing to, you know, give them their space or, you know, give them the opportunity to, um, just be recognized of, you know, it's something that, that that's real to them, even though it's not something that I feel or I deal with personally, it is something that exists. Um, and so going forward, I think it's just kind of having that mindset of, you know, this isn't my problem, but it is a problem that, that exists. And so once it gets to the point of, um, just kind of the accepting and, you know, being open to that possibility that, something that's not directly affecting me can still be a, a problem. I think that's the biggest part is um, being able to move off of that. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake if if we don't continue to do this and we don't share a story, we don't try to be open-minded, even those that don't deal with it, try to, like you said, kind of be open-minded with it. You know, there's so many people who feel like they can't reach out for help. And as a result, they end up, living the the quality of their life is so low they take on things they shouldn't they lash out at people they don't find the joy in life but then it can even be the extreme where they end up making the decision that they can't continue on and you know you can't help but wonder for those people you know did they feel like they could reach out you know were they getting the help that they needed and so there's a lot at stake and that's why I even tell Jessica right now as I'm walking through this, and I shared this last episode, I'm right in the middle of it. Like yesterday, I had a terrible day as far as with my depression. And I'm like right, right in the middle of it in my brokenness. But I'm thinking there's too much at stake. You know, I'm doing it in a way that's not unhealthy for me to be able to share. But there's too much at stake. We need to be, I'm going to keep using the illustration of the crosswalk. We need to be willing to walk across there and have those conversations and let people know it's okay to get help. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to go to counseling. It's okay to go talk to a doctor about medication, figure out what's going to be best for you, but, but know that there's all these resources, there's all these options. So Nolan, Kyle, if you were to leave people that are listening here, our beautiful and handsome listeners today, if you were to leave them with just an encouragement, just kind of a couple sentence, hey, this is what I want you to realize today or tonight whenever you're listening to this, what would that be? And I'll, 
I'll give you a minute to think about that and I'll continue to talk. Uh, But just kind of think about that for a moment. And I want to just provide encouragement for you here today, everyone that's listening. You took the time to listen to this podcast, and that shows right now that you're already taking steps to either realize what other people are going through, maybe similar to what you're going through, or, or maybe you're one that's listening, that you're you're trying to just educate yourself more so that you can love your spouse, your sibling, your parent, your friend better. So I want to say, give yourself a, a hand, a pat on the back, because you're already taking a great step, hearing more, exposing yourself to, to more. And so you're already taking a great step. And I just wanted to point that out. Kyle, Nolan, either of you guys want to share in an encouragement? I'll, I'll lead off here, I guess. But, um, you know, even thinking about that question, there's a lot of different routes you could go on that. Um, I, I think for me and, you know, one encouragement I'd like to give to people is that that's honestly, that's that's the beauty of life. And that's, you know, by design, um, you know, just from day to day, you know, I have struggles that are unique to me. Um, my neighbor has struggles that are, are unique to them. And so just with the, you know, embracing that, um, you know, we're all at the end of the day, we're all facing our own struggles. They may look different from, from those that are next to us. You know, for me, my struggle was, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression. Whereas, you know, for other people that could be, you know, the, the neighborhood or the family that they were born into. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think that's, what's so beauty or so beautiful about, um, just life in general and, and God's design is that we have these different struggles that are unique to us and you know don't be discouraged by you know the struggle that's unique to you I mean yeah that that sucks and that's and that's hard but um, we all have different struggles that are a part of us and are unique to us and you know I think for me um, just being able to look at like you know God has a design behind everyone's struggles and everything that is going on around the world and that can be hard and obviously debatable as well. But, um, you know, just, that would be my encouragement is that, you know, we're all moving towards the, the same direction. We all have different, um, struggles that are, are, are pressing down on us. Um, but kind of being able to look at it as like, Hey, this is kind of beautiful in its own way of that. You know, this is my struggle. This is what's unique to me and, um, everybody has their own and that's okay. Thank you, Kyle. Really appreciate you sharing that. Nolan, what, what would your parting encouragement thought be? So hear me out on this, but my parting encouragement is that if you think about it, there can, there can really be a beauty to what, uh, what you're going through right now. If you're going through it, you know, Jared, you're going through it. It seems like you're going through it still, um, you know, yesterday. And as we speak, it doesn't just turn off, I understand. Um, but you can turn, it is possible to turn this uh, into, I don't want to say into a strength, but but into a resource. And what I mean by that is, Jared, uh, before you battled uh, anxiety, how, did you ever even think about doing a podcast? Pro- most likely not, right? No. Um, you, you've turned your struggle um, into a tool, and you're battling. You're fighting that by doing things like this. And 
you're being productive with it. And someday, Lord willing, you're not going to be battling depression anymore. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, those days when I was battling depression, I felt like I was doing a lot back then. You know, I did a lot back then. It really, so you can use it as a resource and as a tool to, to get you to do things that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise if you weren't dealing with these things. And so the encouragement that I give to, you know, if somebody out there is listening and they're going through it, it's easy, very easy to, to, to feel like I can't do anything. Okay, this got me. I'm done. I can't, can't get out of bed. There's nothing I can do. But if you can find the strength to be able to uh, find a way to use this as a tool, whatever it may be, um, to write it, write it out, a podcast, um, talking to somebody about it, uh, I'm telling you, it can be a great, you'll see, you will see. It will be a great benefit to you. It, I promise you it will. It was to me. Looking back on the time when I was dealing with, uh, when I was battling the anxiety and thinking of some of the things that I did, um, I'm like, wow. In a way, I kind of, I don't, of course, wish I was dealing with that, but in a way, I'm kind of appreciative of it because it helped me and allowed me to do some of these things that I would have never done if it wasn't for, for going through those things. So um, just basically there, there can be a joy found in that. There can be a joy found in anything. And then the last thing, one more thing, I just have to say this. Uh, and probably the thing that really got me through, you know, one, one thought that I always had is it can always be worse. Somebody always has it worse. Even in my worst, most severe anxiety, guess what? I was still at home. I was still with my wife. Yes, I felt like I needed to be in a mental hospital, but I wasn't. And even if you are in a mental hospital, it can still be worse. There's people that didn't make it out of a mental hospital, you know. So it can always be worse. Always. Thank you for sharing that, Nolan. And I think that that's really beautifully said in such a encouraging truth that it's a resource, even in the middle of it. You don't have to wait till you're just done with it. It can be a resource right now. So that's a really great thought. And that's going to be our wrapping up of this episode. I loved getting to dive into this discussion of anxiety and depression and just mental illness uh, and just the stigma and the taboo with it and everything else that goes in between there. It was great being able to actually have this discussion together. So I want to thank you, Nolan. I want to thank you, Kyle, for taking the time to share your experience and being real and authentic. Thank you, guys. Absolutely, man. Thanks for, for having us out here. And I think it's great that you're you're opening the door to, you know, just the, the mindset and just the openness to, to discuss these things. Heck yeah. What a privilege it was to do this. Um, very thankful for the opportunity. And I think it most likely helped all three of us just kind of talking about it. You know, right? I bet it probably did. Help me, that's for sure. Hearing <laughs> y'all's perspective. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely super helpful. And you guys have iPhones on the way in the mail. Thank you guys for being <laughs> my first guest. Wouldn't have had it any other way. <laughs> I'll take Pacific, Pacific Blue and two hundred and fifty-six gigabyte iPhone, please. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and I will see you this next week. Have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it is for you right now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with others so that they can join us on this journey. I'll see you next time.